Empire Lines uncovers the unexpected, often two-way flows of empires through art. Interdisciplinary thinkers use individual artworks as artifacts of imperial exchange, revealing the how and why of the monolith empire. In this episode, Dr. Mohammed Shafiq Karim Kurayim sounds out stories of migration between post-colonial Kerala and the Arab Gulf from the 1960s. Through S.A. Jamil's Dubai Katupatu, Dubai Letter Song. For the perusal of my most respected dear husband, your wife says with much love, Assalam. Thus opens Dubai Kattupat or Dubai Letters Song, an ode in Malayalam, the language mostly spoken in the South Indian state of Kerala. Released in 1977, the song was written by S.A. Jamil in the form of a letter written to a migrant laborer in Dubai by his wife left at home in Kerala. Assalam is the traditional formal greeting among Muslims. The song considers themes of loss and yearning. Ambili sings the words of the wife, speaking about her yearning for her husband and her anguish over having to stay away from each other in their youth when they ought to be with each other all the time. Dubai Kattupata was later complemented by another song, this time by a male voice representing the husband. He reminds her of the gains that have come their way because of his choice to work in Dubai, saved from indignity and the pangs of hunger. This song symbolizes the two-way flows and transnational movements between post-colonial states of Asia and the Middle East in the late 1970s. The first one was the movement of labor to the countries of the Arab Gulf states. The second one, the movement of technology that traveled along with their migrants on their way back home. The connection between the regions that today constitute the state of Kerala in India and the Arabian Peninsula dates back at least to 3 millennia BC. Indian port cities such as Korikod, also known as Calicut, and Kodungalur, also known as Kranganur, were particularly important points of trade in spices like cinnamon, clove, and pepper. The ancient Phoenicians, Egyptians, Romans, and Arabs all had active trading relations with the region that is now Kerala. Unsurprising then that Kerala hosted Jewish communities since the 6th century BCE and that the first South Asian churches and mosques were built in Kerala. Until the 20th century, these relations were limited to a small section of merchants living along the western coast of Kerala. But from the late 1960s, the Arabian Gulf, or simply the Gulf, became a popular destination for those Keralans who wanted to escape the unemployment and food scarcity back home in India. Such food crises were in part outcomes of colonialism. Agricultural failures arising from changed land relations in the British times, 
the unsettling of earlier routes of food import during the Second World War, and the substitution of subsistence agriculture with cash crops, all contributed to food shortages. Land parceled into small plots in post-colonial times couldn't sustain the high density of population in Kerala. The oil price hike in October 1973 accelerated the economic boom in Gulf. Sustaining the boom required a large number of laborers far beyond the native population. But drawing the bulk of this labor from the restive and republican Arab countries posed a potential threat. Instead, the rulers of the Gulf decided to diversify the migrant population, opening their doors to the pioneering migrants from Kerala. There were some 10,000 Keralan migrants in the Gulf by the 1950s. Much of this early migration following the discovery of oil in the Gulf was routed through British agencies. By the time the Dubai Letter Song was composed in the late 1970s, there were around 200,000 Keralan migrant laborers, predominantly male, across the countries of the Gulf. Much of the migration in this period were through individual initiatives. The first Keralans of this period of migration which began in the late 1960s made their way mostly on wooden boats known as the dho. By the late 1970s international flights to Kerala were more popular. Today Kerala has four international airports. The number of Keralan migrants in the Gulf stands at around 2 million. The author of this song S A Jamil considered himself a personal counselor to those left behind by migration according to him his songs are a product of his conversations with them he simply put into song what many wives couldn't tell their husbands themselves the other movement crucial to the production of this song was the arrival of the japanese made portable cassette recorders in the 1970s Kerala migrants like migrants from elsewhere in India carried them back to their homes spurring musicians performers and orators across India the cassette recorders signified a great extent of creative freedom in India at a time when the mass media such as the television and the radio were strictly controlled by the indian state the arrival of these small cassette recorders began what one commentator has called the cassette revolution when the music scene which was near monopolized by the film industry and state ordained high culture was opened to the myriad expressions of popular music from different parts of india dubai kattupattu belongs to the mapilla tradition of songs mapilla is a term mostly used to refer to a community of muslims and some christians in kerala the mapilla song tradition represents one of many in india's folk repertoire This song tradition which was nearly a 100 years old by the late 1970s got a boost by the widened access to cheaper music recording technology by the time the dubai letter song was written the letter song genre in mapilla song tradition was several decades old but earlier letter songs took the form of public narrations rather than personal letters Similar song traditions around migration sprang in other parts of India too such as those addressing the migration of Bhojpuri men in eastern India to the cities in India such as Kolkata The more informal style of these modern cassette letter reflected the new context of the Gulf migration in Kerala 
and the informal exchanges between the two shores. And this Dubai Letter song in particular condenses the old and the new. Though personal, the letter is not free-flowing but formal, following a set formula of salutation and conclusion. This salutation, which states the addressee and the sender in the first sentence, is followed across genres. Even a letter of application to a government office would have the same formula as this love letter from a longing wife to her husband overseas. The first sentence would state the addressee with appropriate honorific, as well as the details of the person making the request. In a personal letter, this would be followed by the next formulaic line. We are doing fine here and I hope you are doing fine too. The letter song also signaled the new trend of sending audio recordings on cassettes instead of writing letters. With the arrival of tape recorders, the letters between the migrants and their spouses were at times replaced by cassettes. These voice messages were freer of formula when compared to letters and provided a sense of immediacy. Often, cassettes would bear the traces of older recordings recycled by taping and retaping. Other songs were written and recorded specifically to fit what remained of the role. They could also carry multiple messages from different family members, each in their own voices. Cassettes were carried to the Gulf by someone familiar, perhaps another migrant. In fact, these cassettes would make a few journeys to and from the Gulf with those migrants who are part of the extended family or friends network. This network nature of migration was crucial to sustaining the relation between the two shores. The individual migrant might come home only once in one, two or even five years. But this network of migrants ensured that the channels of communication and transaction between the individual and their family back home were intact. Though informal, this system was much speedier and more reliable than depending on public services. Four or five decades back, a letter sent between the Gulf and Kerala would take many weeks to reach its destination. But this network of migrants made it a matter of days, if not hours. Before his departure, whether from Kerala to the Gulf or the other way, the migrant would be entrusted with letters, cassettes and gifts by fellow migrants, which he would be expected to deliver to their folks at home. The gesture was always reciprocated. One particular and sensational stanza in Dubai Kattupattu received more attention than the others. I won't allow anyone else to eat this sweet-filled fleshy plantain of mine. 
I'll guard this treasure till my death, but you should remember I am no angel. These words were controversial because they concerned the marital fidelity of the left behind wives. The controversy was on two counts. One is the succulent metaphor used here for the female body, the sweet-filled fleshy plantain. The other was the intimation that the wife may stray from her wifely fidelity. To be not an angel was to convey her human fallibility. These lines touched a raw nerve. According to the songs writer Essay Jamil, many migrants returned to their homes and wives in response to the upheaval the song caused within them. But it also meant that the song was considered obscene and therefore barred from many concerts and other performances. The controversy around these lines revealed the gendered and sexual insecurities around migration. The migrant in the Gulf and their spouse back home is a subject of speculations. The single female migrant is especially viewed with apprehension and suspicion. A new genre of songs soon followed the letter songs. This new genre is known as phone songs. Typically, these songs began with a hello and with the caller identifying himself with his name and with the place he is calling from. Hello, I'm Shafiq and I'm calling from Kuwait. The conversational flows of telephones allowed these songs to be duets with both voices engaged in a dialogue with each other. Such songs, both letter and phone, belonged to a time in which the working class migrants had to queue up before telephone booths in the Gulf to call their loved ones back home. Meanwhile, back home, entire neighborhoods would share only one phone. Fridays were associated with the phone calls from the Gulf where it was a holiday. So folks from various houses would all expect calls on a single day and on a single phone in the neighborhood. The caller would therefore first identify himself so that whoever attends the call can announce it and the migrants folk could come forward and receive the call. This explains the self-identification which was thus added to the formula in phone songs. With better access to advanced technologies of communication, the letter writings and the weekly phone calls have become a thing of the past. However, these songs linger on the echoes of other colonial and post-colonial times. Empire Lines is produced by Yelena Sofronievich. For more episodes, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.